Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,323 with the release date of Friday, May 6th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Ham Radio assists in a human trafficking rescue. Testing continues for wireless transmission of electrical power. And Belgium studies the feasibility of a new amateur band. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,323 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. We begin this week with a harrowing tale of abduction that ended with amateur radio assistance. According to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, human trafficking is on the rise in South Asia. In India, one woman was rescued from that fate thanks to amateur radio. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, brings us that story. Amateur radio operators in West Bengal, India, helped police locate and rescue a woman who told them she had been abducted and tortured as part of a human trafficking operation. News accounts in the Times of India and the Hindu newspaper both reported that the woman, who was in her 20s and from Bangladesh, had arrived for a visit in Kolkata when she was forcibly taken to a train station for transport. The news reports did not say how she found her way to a telephone, but said she contacted her brother, an amateur radio operator in Bangladesh. Members of the West Bengal Radio Club then received a call from the woman's family. Ambrashna Biswas, VU2JFA of the radio club, said that police in Pindorte in Andhra Pradesh state were called. Other hams, including those with the National Institute of Amateur Radio, aided the search for her. A member of the Dolphin Amateur Radio Repeater Club, who was not identified in news reports, told the Hindu newspaper that the woman was soon located and following her rescue May 2nd through a window, police took a man and woman into custody. Ambrashna Biswas said another ham, Sai Likit VU3EFN, accompanied the young woman to the police station. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Meanwhile, in the United States, military researchers' latest test of wireless power transfer over microwave frequencies has been called a success. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us the update. The still experimental practice of beaming power over microwave frequencies to transfer electrical power using so-called ground bounce has completed its most successful test to date. The United States Naval Research Laboratory recently completed a trial in which 1.6 kilowatts of power was transmitted terrestrially using a 10 gigahertz beam over a distance of one kilometer, or six-tenths of a mile. This kind of point-to-point transfer of electrical power is an emerging technology that's becoming increasingly favorable for scientists looking to expand its application. An IEEE paper published late last year said the use of the ground-based transmitter is part of ongoing exploration that researchers hope will eventually open the door to space-to-earth wireless transmission of power. Scientists believe that limiting frequencies in use to those below 10 gigahertz will lessen the loss of power during transmission. Paul Jaffe, KJ4IKI, the project lead, said in an April 20th press release that the systems have been developed keeping safety limits in mind for animals and people. The 10 GHz band is already well used by the amateur community on a secondary basis. 
Amateurs may operate between 10 and 10.5 gigahertz, with amateur satellites operating at frequencies between 10.45 and 10.5 gigahertz. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. Ham radio experimenters in Australia have reported great success with their latest balloon launch, despite a last-minute adjustment to their game plan. Jason Daniels, VK2, LAW, has more. There was a slight change in plans for the high-altitude balloon launch in Australia by Project Horus, a part of the South Australia-based amateur radio experimenters group. The weather balloon had a successful launch on Sunday the 1st of May, but this was a telemetry-only trip. The imagery portion of the flight was postponed for another weekend. According to the AREG website, the forecast and the expected cloud cover did not make for ideal conditions for imagery. The experimenters group said the flight's goal was to provide receivers in the central South Australia region with a chance to receive the telemetry using the Horus GUI software. The balloon carried a single 70 centimetre beacon on board. The experimenters group noted on their website, quote, every piece of telemetry data is valuable to the flight tracking and recovery teams, end quote. Despite the adjustment in plans, organisers proclaimed the flight a success. An enthusiastic Mark Jessup, VK5QI, the lead member of Project Horus, announced on Twitter, quote, great to see so many stations receiving, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. In Belgium, the regulator has received reports of FT8 being used illegally on a band being eyed for ham radio use. Ed Durant, DD5LP, brings us that report. The Belgian Institute for Postal Services and Telecommunications, that nation's communications regulator, reports that amateur radio operators have been spotted operating using the FT8 mode illegally on 40.680 MHz. Belgian hams are not permitted to access the 40 MHz 8 meter band available in some other countries. Word of the illegal transmissions came at a crucial time. The regulator has been studying whether to allocate a portion of the band for use by amateur radio operators. At present, only short-range ISM, remotely controlled models and devices to open garage doors are authorised there. According to a report by the Royal Belgian Amateur Radio Union, there are concerns that the illegal operation by some hams could have a negative impact on the regulator's determination. From Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Meanwhile, in New Zealand, hams have been granted a one-year extension on their access to 60 metres. This is a continuation of the sub-licenses already held by amateurs for operation between 5351.5 and 5366.5 kHz. Those licenses were due to expire on May 4th. The extension gives the regulator time to develop a new general user radio license. An amateur radio club in Indiana will be able to upgrade its emergency response equipment thanks to two generous gifts. Stephen Kinford, N8WB, tells us about them. The emergency response work for hams in the Northeastern Indiana Amateur Radio Association just got a big boost from more than $33,000 in grants to buy additional equipment, including a trailer. The club's GoBox project, a key tool for efficient response and disasters, has received a grant of nearly $3,000 from the ARRL Foundation. The club's other project is to buy a trailer and furnish it with an analog and digital repeater, radios, and an array of software, including WinLink and 
AFL Digi. That effort has just been given a grant of nearly $30,000 from San Diego-based Amateur Radio Digital Communications. When the trailer is not in use, supporting the activity of Amateur Radio Emergency Services, it will be taken to public events to be part of various amateur radio demonstrations and public education. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, NAWB. Congratulations to Newsline's own Amanda Alden, K1DDN, who will be taking up the responsibility of serving as the ARRL Colorado Section Manager starting on July 1st. Amanda will succeed Robert Wareham, N0ESQ, whose resignation takes effect on June 30th. The ARRL announced the change in leadership on Friday, April 29th on its website. Robert cited time constraints as his reason for stepping down following his long period of service within the league. He has been public information coordinator, section emergency coordinator, and state government liaison. In addition to being well-known to Newsline listeners and Ham Nation viewers, Amanda has been assistant section manager and regional emergency coordinator for the South and Southeast All-Hazards region of Colorado. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the VK8MA repeater in Australia's Northern Territory, on Sundays at 7 p.m. local time. The clock is ticking on the time you have left to send in your nominations for the Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year Award. Amateur Radio Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, is chairman of the award committee and has more. We're looking for candidates 18 years or younger from the continental United States. Details under the awards tab at our website, arnewsline.org. We're looking for someone who has a real love of the hobby, perhaps through a public service role in amateur radio. Maybe that young ham you know serves as a net control for a local net. Or they like working with other young people, helping expose them to the fun and excitement of ham radio. Maybe, thanks to Elmer's or other mentors, they really have developed a love of contesting or chasing DX and sharing those experiences with others. Are they active in your radio club? Have they ever been to Dayton or made a presentation there or someplace else? How about introducing amateur radio at school? Maybe establishing a school radio club? Or have they helped set up and taken part in a contact with the International Space Station? Time to act now. Deadline for nominations is May 31st. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V. If you're getting revved up for the annual special event station at the Indianapolis Speedway, you're not alone. Jack Parker, W8ISH, takes us for a test drive. As spring temperatures warm up, so do the radios at W9IMS, the official special event station for the Indianapolis 500 Motor Speedway. Starting early Monday, May 9th, you can make contact with the special event station for the Indy Grand Prix race the following weekend. That's seven days of continuous access on 20 and 40 meters. This is the first of three races and the special event station for the racing season at the famed two-and-a-half-mile oval in Speedway, Indiana. Later this month, beginning May 23rd, you can make a second contact with W9IMS for the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. They will be logging contacts until race day. According to station coordinator Bill Kennedy, WY9T, this is the 19th year for the Indy 500 special event station. 
After a short breather, the W9 IMS men and women will rev up the radios again for the NASCAR 200 race beginning July 25th. Each contact will receive a custom-designed QSL card for each race. Those hams logging all three special event stations are eligible for a special three-race certificate this fall. You can find more details for the times and dates by logging on to W9IMS at QRZ.com. Reporting from Indianapolis for Amateur Radio Newsline, this is Jack Parker, W8ISH. The three youngsters who were scheduled for a big DX adventure in 2020 are two years older and two years more eager to get going and get on the air. They're ready for the Dave Calder Memorial Youth DX Adventure that will land them in Curacao as PJ2T between July 14th and the 19th. Created in 2008, the Adventure Group provides a DX experience, education, and some travel experience for young licensees between the ages of 12 and 17 at no cost to them. It is entirely supported by donations from individuals, clubs, and other organizations. If you're heading to Hamvention later this month, stop by booth number 2602 and meet the trio of young operators and their team. Tickets will also be sold for a raffle drawing on an HF rig to help support their trip. The trio of young radio amateurs are the same ones chosen for the 2020 trip before it was canceled because of the pandemic. The Youth DX Group's last adventure was held in 2019 and set a program record of 6,569 QSOs. A special event station for young scouts in the United States is back after two years, and it logged in an impressive array of contacts. For that story, we turn to Newsline's newest correspondent, George Zafiropoulos, KJ6VU. You might consider special event station W2P the official station of the Comeback Kids. The 58th annual Scout Camporee at the West Point Military Academy in New York had to be canceled for two consecutive years because of the COVID-19 pandemic. On the weekend of April 22nd to the 24th, it returned and got on the air, making 577 contacts on CW and phone, covering 41 states and 25 DXCC entities on three continents. James Gallo, KB2FMH, one of the organizers, told Newsline that organizers and the West Point Scoutmasters Council saw that the camporee itself made up for lost time. Even with the usual number of 6,000 attendees reduced to 4,000 as a COVID precaution. The radio station had about 13 operators working in rotation on five stations on Saturday, and three stayed on with James to finish up the activation the next day. James said the contacts were devoted to mini rag chews, giving everyone a chance to share memories of being in scouting or the military. Many of the operators who were from the Fairlawn Amateur Radio Club in New Jersey handled the pileups and engaged their contacts in a lively conversation. He said the most memorable contact was logged in the middle of the night on 20 meters, a 5-watt station with the call sign R5AJ. The operator told James he'd been a scout as a boy, and when he found the listing on QRZ, he had to make the call. He gave the scouts a signal report of 5 and 8. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm George Zafiropoulos, KJ6VU. If you worked W2P or heard it as a shortwave listener, QSL with a stamped self-addressed envelope to the mailing address of W2TMR no later than May 9th. In the world of DX, be listening for Gustavo HC2FG operating as HD8FG from Santa Cruz Island, Galapagos Islands, SA-004. 
He will be on the air until the 8th of May, operating only on 6-meter FT8 and satellites. QSL to his home call. Reiner, DL2AAZ, will be active from Guadalupe as TO2AZ from May 27th to June 10th. Be listening on 40 through 10 meters, where Reiner will be using CW and single sideband. Send QSLs to his home call. Listen for Roland, F8EN, on the air from Libreville, Gabon, as TR8CR during the middle of May until July. Be listening on 40, 30, and 20, where he will be using CW. Send QSLs to F6AJA. Be listening for Paul, ZS2PS, who will be operating mobile as he visits Namibia in early May. He will be on the air through the middle of June, operating from various grids and doing some POTA activations. Be listening on 80, 60, 40, 30, 20, and 10 meters. QSL via Logbook of the World. And finally, we end with a story about hams reflecting on being hams. It's the sum and substance of a new radio documentary that made its premiere at an arts festival in the UK. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, brings us the details. Radio celebrates radio in a half-hour audio documentary that made its debut last month at an arts festival in Dublin. It's a mixture of interviews with amateurs based in Ireland, actual on-air contacts made by the hams, and because this was for an arts festival, there's also music by the Ficino String Quartet, an ensemble also based in Ireland. Dublin's Five Lamps Art Festival presented the half-hour programme Ham as a broadcast on Dublin Digital Radio in early April. The documentary is the creation of Craig Cox, a composer and an active contributor to the city's experimental music community. All those musical notes are complemented by an array of technical notes provided in interviews with Anad Brower, EI4IQB, Anna Canizares Bejenaro, EI5IXB, Tony Brachth, EA5EM, and Joe Gulf, EI2JZ. The hams talk about moonbound, signal report, bandwidth, and the music inherent in the dits and dars of Morse code. Though the Five Lamps Festival is a community-based event traditionally focusing on local arts, culture and theatre, the addition of the drama and culture of amateur radio transported the celebration across continents, if only for a few moments. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The documentary can be heard now on demand on SoundCloud. See the text version of this week's Newsline script for the link. With thanks to the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group, ARRL, the BBC, CQ Magazine, Dave Coulter Memorial Youth DX Adventure, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, EMF Camp, Five Lamps Festival, the Hindu Newspaper, the IEEE, James Gallo, KB2FMH, KPC News, New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters, Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, Royal Belgian Amateur Radio Union, SoundCloud, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, The Times of India, the United States Navy, YouTube, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. 
If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.